Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is series 3, episode 306 of this daily study podcast. Thank you once again for joining us as we continue with our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials, covering October the 25th to October the 31st in Doctrine and Covenants section 124. And today we're kind of moving on from around verse 45 as we make our way past the section in the Come Follow Me manual that it talks about the uh, importance of temples and building temples to receive sacred ordinances. Now in this section it continues to speak about temples and it continues to talk about further um, importance about doing this work. But obviously, as the saints have learned so far, the Lord may well give them works to do, such as building the land of Zion uh, in Missouri and other things like that. And sometimes these things haven't worked out. But in verse 49, it says a very interesting verse, which says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that when I give a commandment to any of the sons of men to do a work unto my name, and those sons of men go with all their might, and with all they have to perform that work, and cease not their diligence, and their enemies come upon them, and hinder them from performing that work, behold, it behoveth me to require that work no more at the hands of those sons of men, but to accept their offerings. I found that a very interesting uh, reminder by the Lord, that sometimes we may be asked to do things by the Lord, uh, and other people or other forces may stop us from completing that, despite, you know, our best efforts. Um, and what we need to remember is that the Lord re- accepts our offerings. And often at times, those experiences, it's the lessons we learn from those experiences that are the reason why we needed to undertake that work in the first place. Elder David A. Bednar said, quote, The single greatest reason for addressing this matter is what I've learned over time about the concern and the worry and even the guilt felt by many missionaries who for various reasons were reassigned to a different field of labour during their time of service, close quote. This quote that I'm sharing with you comes from a, a message that he gave about missions and about how the call to a mission is not the place that you are assigned to labour, rather it is the call to work for the Lord for two years to bring to pass, you know, the uh, teaching of, of the gospel. It is not the place, the place you're assigned is not the calling, it is the assignment given. And the assignments may well change throughout your mission. There may well be factors that you don't know about as to why you may be reassigned to a different field of labour during the time of your service. And clearly, Elder Bednar has received a number of concerns or worries about when, why this may have happened or perhaps feelings of failure if if missionaries are reassigned to a different place or perhaps they're not going to be able to receive the blessings they could have received um not to share personal experience on this well i mean for my not for myself because i i served a mission in the england leeds mission for two years and stayed in that mission and actually before i move on to what i was about to share um within that mission of course we are assigned to different areas and very often we don't know why we're reassigned to different areas within our mission. But sometimes missionaries are reassigned to different missions completely. And there can be many reasons for that. I know someone personally, uh, who very close to me, who had to go through that experience. And it wasn't through factors of um, their choices or anything like that. And it wasn't even through really factors of COVID-19 as such, although that played a part in it. Um they were reassigned to a different mission. And that was very difficult for that individual. And for some people, that may not be difficult. Um, And it just depends, really, on the individual. But as Elder Bednar teaches, these reassignments are not an indication on us not having played our part. 
He says, quote, such reassignments sometimes are necessary because of events and circumstances such as physical accidents and injuries, delays and challenges in obtaining visas, political instability, creating and staffing new missions or the evolving and ever changing needs around the world in the work of proclaiming the gospel, close quote. So they can be political and geographical and things like that, but actually sometimes it just means there's a different need elsewhere. But as the Lord teaches in verse 49, whatever happens when we're performing a work that, you know, is hindered or halted or um, affected by other factors that are not our own and we've done what we can on our part, the Lord recognises our offerings and he blesses us for those offerings and sacrifices that we have made. And I just thought that was a very important verse there because, of course, you know, people who... For a group of people, if we're looking for groups of people who understand this, um, the early saints will have been a great example. Um, in fact, in verse 51, it makes mention of that. And it says, therefore, for this cause, have I accepted the offerings of those whom I commanded to build up a city and a house unto my name in Jackson County, Missouri, and were hindered by their enemies, saith the Lord your God. He's making a specific reference to the fact that he recognises the offerings and sacrifice of those who wanted to sacrifice in Missouri to build up a city and a house of God there and who weren't able to do so. Um, and he promises that he or they will receive the blessings for the offerings that they have offered. It then continues on and talks more about the Nauvoo house, which we've spoken about before. In fact, in verse 60, it says, And let the name of that house be called Nauvoo house, and let it be a delightful habitation for man, and a, re and, a and a resting place for the weary traveller, that he may contemplate the glory of Zion and the glory of this, the cornerstone thereof. Um, again, we need to invite, we need to welcome all to come, uh, whether it is to our activities or to our sacrament meetings or even just to our homes and to be able to meet our family and see the love and interaction that we have with those of our family um, because then they can contemplate the glory of Zion. They can see the good that is built from a, a discipleship of Christ um, as we show them uh, that. And then it goes into some very logistical things in this section about stocks and about uh, various um, amounts of money and things like that, which we're not going to really focus on at this stage. Uh, we could take a long time looking at all the individuals here. And as I mentioned, a lot of individuals are mentioned. Names here such as Vincent Knight and Isaac Galland and William Marks and Henry G. Sherwood and so on and so on and so on. Uh, and in fact, uh, in the Come Follow Me manual, it says specifically about verses 84 to 118, quote, Verses 84 to 118 are filled with counsel for specific individuals and some of it may not seem relevant to your life. But you may also find something you need to hear. Considering ask, consider asking the Lord what message he has for you in these verses and seek the Spirit's guidance to find it. Then decide what you will do to act on it. For example, how might being more humble help you receive the Spirit? You might also ponder other counsel the Lord has given you. How are you acting on that? Close quote. So we are going to go through and uh, have a look at some of them that stood out to me. I mean, obviously... You know, with these individuals, uh, you may well not um, have the opportunity to feel or have the one stand out to, to you that stood out to me. So obviously this is very much focused on what I noticed. I mean, in verse 84, straight away, uh, it says, With my servant Alman Babbitt, there are many things with which I am not pleased. He aspireth to establish his counsel instead of the counsel which I have ordained, even that of the presidency of my church. And he set up a golden car for the worship of my people. Um Clearly, Alman Babbitt had some things he needed to address here. He was disfellowshipped um, 
1840 and 1841, but was restored to fellowship and appointed a presiding elder in uh, Illinois in 1843. So he did come back and, and work on what he needed to until later being excommunicated in 1854. I mean, these are just some of the facts that we have about Alman Babbitt uh, given to us in the historical resources section of the Come Follow Me digital uh, copy of the manual. And please do have a look at that. Um, but as we go through uh, tomorrow, some of the ones that stand out, have a think about what things we learn from the, the messages given to these individuals, because there are many of them. And think about what we as, as individuals need to receive. I mean, we're not likely going to have President Nelson come to us individually and say, such and such, you need to do this. However, we've had a, we've had a number of things. We've had patriarchal blessings. We've had counsel from General Conference with which we had very specific spiritual promptings for us individually. Are we acting upon those things? And as we listen and think about this tomorrow, consider what messages you've had and have you acted upon those messages? Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed the study. Please do follow the Facebook group. That's Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. It'd be great to have you on there sharing what you thought about what you've studied and what you've heard. Thank you very much for your time and until we meet again.